Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode from Dubai Stars. Today we have a very special guest, Zena Khouri. Zena is the owner and the founder of Highmark Real Estate and the owner and the founder of bookanyservice.com. Zena is a mother of two and she still manages to be a superstar in this city. Hello sort of. Zena. Hi Anthony, thank How you for you? having me here. Hello everybody, thank you for watching. So Zena, my main uh, purpose of this podcast just to influence people how anyone can come to the city without having any experience, without having any resources, by just doing the right effort, having the right mindset, they can reach their ultimate goals or whatever they're dreaming of. And I'm gonna use you as the best example because knowing you, you fit and you tick all of the boxes from this side. So tell us first of all, what made you come to Dubai? How old were you? And tell us about this journey. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for your sweet words. Um, like many people uh, in Lebanon, specifically because I come from Lebanon, uh, which is very well known that it's a country with political unrest. Uh, a lot of the Lebanese uh, youth uh, have decided at many points in their lives to actually uh, leave Lebanon to find a better future for themselves. And that was the case with me. I graduated in 2006. I actually did not even have the chance to uh, attend my graduation. Uh, I left uh, right before the graduation, came to Dubai uh, because of the 2006 uh, war in Lebanon. So I moved to Dubai. Uh, my brother. Why did you think of Dubai? Why Dubai was something that you want to go to? I wanted to be out of Lebanon. Okay. This is something that I knew for sure. And because my brother was already in uh, Dubai, it was uh, the easiest. Convenient. Not only convenience, it was probably my only option because yeah. uh, Lebanese parents are quite conservative. Of so course. they were like, you stay with your brother or you don't uh, go at all. So I even uh, had to live with my brother for the first uh, 12 months. I say hi to my brother, thank you for the opportunity. But uh, uh, soon after I uh, arrived here, I moved out. Uh, so I came to Dubai because uh, one of his friends, one of my brother's friends, uh, was heading a uh, sales team and a real estate uh, developer. And he said, Zena, what are you doing in uh, Lebanon? Uh, the real estate market is uh, booming. Uh, people are making lots of money and uh, we are employing almost everybody. Everybody wants to get into real estate. And since you have a, a university degree, you're someone relatively presentable. Um, you should come to Dubai. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Uh, I have a student loan that I have to pay. I don't, uh, I cannot come to Dubai if I don't pay for my uh, tuition fee to get my degree. So I sold my car with that money. I paid for the degree. I came to Dubai with $500 in my pocket on the way wow. in the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now $500 is a lot of money, but $500 uh, when you're moving into a new country is, is not uh, a lot of money. On the way to the airport, being the fashion uh, addict I am, I saw a really nice uh, Cheruti uh, sunglasses. I was like, I have to have these. I need to have so my entrance into Dubai. Dubai was $100. Exactly. Yeah. So I paid $400 for the uh, sunglasses and I uh, arrived to Dubai and then uh, uh, I went for a couple of interviews uh, before I came to Dubai I thought that the deal is sealed that I have a, a position uh, available I uh, went for a couple of interviews and then uh, the head of sales um, 
basically uh, said uh, Zena, we're sorry, uh, your uh, submission for employment is rejected. Uh, we don't believe that you would be a, a good salesperson. So I was like, that was what? The first try yeah, no, I'm getting rejected. You guys are uh, employing people uh, right, left, and center. Uh, I have a banking and finance degree. I'm someone that knows their numbers. I'm someone that is bilingual. Uh, how come I got uh, rejected? Uh, but I managed to uh, digest that uh, as fast as possible. So I went back home uh, that evening and uh, I started applying. Uh, I got an insurance job uh, that was going to pay me around 12,000 dirhams. Per month? Per, mo yes. <laughs> per, okay. per, per hour, yeah. per month. 12,000 dirhams and I was like, really, my back was to the wall. I have to find uh, an income. I cannot be staying with my brother. He's also someone that is starting his uh, life and his career. Uh, my parents are, come from a medium to low income uh, family in uh, Lebanon, so I cannot go back to them to support me. Um, uh, so uh, I had to... Uh, you had no other option. I had no other option. Like, I'll take this job for a survival and see where it will lead me. Yes, but at the same time, when I, was, uh, when I uh, got the offer for this job, some gentlemen, honestly, I am... Um, I get very angry and frustrated from myself that I don't remember that person's name from that developer's office that rejected me. He's, he was one of the sales. He called me and he was like, uh, Zaina, where are you? Why haven't you started with us yet? And I was like, yeah, sorry, they didn't accept my uh, submission. And he was like, what? Okay, I know of another developer that is building the Palazzo Versace Dubai and D1 Tower and they are recruiting and I'm going to uh, send you their details. I should remember his name, right? Absolutely. And I should thank him. Absolutely. So, uh, so I went to uh, this property developer. Their name was Emirates Sunland at the time. And I applied. And then they were like, uh, but you're new. You don't know uh, anything about real estate, let alone anything about Dubai. So why would we uh, employ you? Take two, two days to learn about the market and come back. So I was like, okay, I went back home. For whoever is listening to us, two days is not even enough to learn about one building, to know the why fully in and out. You need easy six months and you need to have a car driving all around, yeah. right? And their way was very provocative. So I left the office saying to myself, I'm going to show them that I will learn about the market and when they ask me to join, I'm going to tell them, no, thank you I'm very much. I'm going to qualify for you. Yeah. yeah. So I went, uh, I took two days and uh, I came back with a, a PowerPoint of 64 uh, slides, very nicely done, etc. And uh, they said, great, thank you for the presentation. Uh, now you move to the next session, next level of interviews. And I was like, what is this? Am I applying to NASA or what is it? I understand your fashion branded uh, property, etc. Your uh, th Their company is actually publicly listed. And then I said, uh, they said, you're moving to the next level. The next level meeting was uh, with the uh, chairman, Mr. Suhail Abidian, who was someone that uh, really played a big role in my uh, career. So I went in to uh, see Mr. Suhail Abidian and uh, Suhail uh, looked at the... Uh, people that brought me in and he was like you guys are never gonna learn right you're getting me models to uh, work on real estate and again I was uh, yeah. shocked you know that the, the effort as yeah. a woman that is 
relatively good looking, let's say, uh, you have to put in three times, four times the effort to prove yourself or for people to actually take you seriously that you have something to put on the table. And, um, and then he started uh, having a discussion with me and then he said, look, I'm not very convinced. I don't know what I was doing wrong in these uh, interviews. I'm not very convinced. However, I'm going to give you a chance. Okay? I said, okay. And in my heart, I said to myself, I'm going to show you all. Okay? So, because a lot of people can do really well in interviews. However, yeah, on, the, on, on the ground, they would uh, fail. So, uh, but what was stopping them from actually uh, believing in me uh, was probably my lack of experience. Okay? However, when you really want it uh, enough, you will find a way. So I started uh, with the Emirates Sunland Group. We were selling uh, amazing uh, properties. However, they were always on the high price uh, side. And within three months, uh, I became number one salesperson. Uh, I started making a lot of money and I felt that I was invincible. You know, someone that came to Dubai uh, at such a young age I was around 22. Uh, the the biggest amount I had paid in my life for a pair of jeans was fifteen dollars. Market uh, the the Joseph brand, yeah. the Lebanese <laughs> Joseph brand. Okay, and within three months, uh, I had bought my uh, first car uh, by myself, basically. Uh, a 320 uh, BMW, uh, brand new, uh, first hardtop convertible, which is a car that I loved, and it was a dream for me. Uh, it, within three months, I bought that uh, car, and I started investing in property, etc., etc., and the rest is uh, history. So you built yourself your financial freedom within three months, but I'm sure, like, everything that comes quickly without proper maturity and foundation can be also lost very quickly and this is also very triggering to everyone in the city when they make the money quick they start spending left and right thinking that this money will come every day or every month but the truth is sometimes it dries out i don't know if you had this scenario in your life uh, it's true but uh, coming from a background also where uh, our parents in, uh, instill in us the need of financial security uh, I was not one of those uh, people that would uh, spend everything I make. So every month I was saving a little bit of money, I was investing in property, and I was uh, spending some money rewarding for my yourself. own. Yes, definitely rewarding myself. Uh, however, I don't think that I went overboard. Uh, I believed in the Dubai uh, market. So uh, as we all know, uh, when I came to Dubai 2006-2007, uh, the market crashed uh, towards the end of 2008. So uh, this is when uh, things actually uh, changed. Um, but what I managed to achieve, and regardless whether it was a good investment or not, but I also feel that sometimes in my life to prove a point, I sometimes make wrong decisions. The first studio I sold in D1 Tower in 2007, I bought it again mid-2008. The same studio. It was apartment 2609 in D1 Tower. It was the first property I sold. I bought it again in 2008, mid 2008. It was 
uh, almost uh, peak price. Peak price, okay. Yeah, I, bu- I bought it for 1.5 uh, million dirhams, and then uh, I, I kept it and I held it, and uh, then I managed to sell it again for 1.5. But basically, uh, there was no uh, loss. Uh, however, it had a huge sentimental value for me. I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, I still remember myself, the first studio I rented in Dubai, it was 330 square feet. And I always said, one day I'm gonna have the money, I'm gonna come buy this place. And I bought three eventually. Not because I like it, but it just gave me this one, like I promised myself I will make the money and buy it. So I totally understand where you're coming from. It's something that triggers us. give us the boost in ourselves, like, yes, everything is achievable once you put down your proper plan. So, Anthony, the, the, the moral of the story is that, first of all, do not let rejection uh, uh, position you. As in, do not let what other people see in you become a reality. You know what you are, you know what you can offer, Okay, so you need to uh, work hard and prove it to yourself first, and then the rest will uh, follow. Second, there is no shortcut to success. So within these three months, for someone that doesn't know the market and has no car and has no money, okay, I had to, uh, I had to have my brother uh, drop me on Sheikh Zayed Road and I would, uh, in the heat, be walking with heels and uh, makeup and uh, hair, okay? Uh, and I would get into uh, each and every building and knock on the doors of real estate agents asking them to work with me. And I got rejected as well. Oh no, we don't want to go to Al Jaddaf area. We don't want to sell this pro- property. This is so expensive, etc. And I got rejected. But if, if uh, one out of 10 worked for me and I managed to make a sale, this is already uh, an achievement. So if you uh, go and knock 100 doors, it means you will get 10 people. And this means 10 sales. So why not 200, 1000, etc. So that's why... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's why my hands need a little bit of uh, love and care. So you have to... You have to act as if you have no other choice. And this is where a lot of people uh, are now. This is the position of the market. This is the situation. We have no choice. So probably a lot of people are going to achieve uh, things that they never even dreamt of achieving. So guide me again to where you were doing very good and then the market crashed. Uh, I'm asking you this because it's not very similar to what we are going through today, but at least when someone starts getting the bad ideas, this is not the right industry for me, there is no more money. So it's a bit similar. How did you overcome that stage where the market crashed, where people were leaving their cars on Sheikh Zayed Road, where you couldn't even speak to anyone? How did you overcome that stage until the market picked up back in 2011, end of it, or 2012? Okay. Uh, There are different schools of thought. I know that there are a lot of people that uh, come on social media or come publicly and say, you have to keep going, you have to keep moving. There is a fact. If we were making 100 sales a month and these sales were being divided on 5,000 agents, okay, the fact that we are making 50 sales a month and these are divided on 5,000 agents is not going to bring them the same uh, level of return. So, 
the people that are going to work hard and smart and are already set up and have their uh, group of investors and are happy with their company will continue to do relatively uh, well. And I say relatively because they cannot expect to be making the same amount of money with less uh, sales. So my message to uh, to people in the industry at the moment, there, there will be a group of people that will continue to make money, but there will be a group of people as well that need to look for other uh, income uh, streams. So what I did in 2008, which was, which was a much harsher uh, a crisis, because if you compare the numbers of 2008 uh, to uh, the period we're going through uh, now, we are still achieving better uh, results today. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so uh, in 2008, uh, the, the crisis started, I very quickly uh, realized that while the other 50 agents in my office are sitting down waiting for the sales to improve after Cityscape, because it was always related to yeah, Cityscape. After, September, real after, yeah. Yeah, after September, real estate, the markets are going to boom, buy now, etc. Everybody was waiting for it to change after uh, Cityscape, but I did not see it coming. I had uh, rented an apartment with my friends that was 150,000 dirhams. I had my beautiful car uh, installments. <laughs> I had a personal assistant because, you know, I was too big to uh, enter my own uh, data into the CRM. Uh, I had uh, basically expenses. I had expenses. Had lots of expenses. Yeah. And I cannot uh, do it when my money is tied up with, in real estate or I was a... Uh, 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 sending money to uh, finish a real estate property in Lebanon. So I didn't really have uh, much cash. So my only alternative was either I sit down and uh, put in the effort and I risk not making any uh, money because I, because I saw that 50 other people in my office are not making any money or I can try to find something with a fixed salary, which is why what I chose my investment personality uh, uh, is someone that uh, is a risk taker, but I take assessed risk. Okay, so uh, I decided that the best thing for me is to uh, find a job with a fixed salary. So I started within my organization. I went to uh, Sohail Abidin at the time and I said, Mr. Sohail, I uh, think that I can offer uh, the company uh, other expertise than uh, sales. I have a banking and finance degree and uh, I'm ready to do whatever uh, the company needs me to do at the moment. And during times of crisis, collection departments thrive. Which is the most beautiful job. Which is in the these worst time. job ever. <laughs> I even had one person that had bought a, a Versace property from us uh, for 8,000 dirhams a uh, square foot. Uh, and I was asking him for uh, the payments, which was based on the Dubai Land Department and Rarera regulations. I, as a developer, have the right to ask him for the payments because the developer has nothing to do with the uh, crash in the market. He, he stood up to my face and he said, I pray that you die every day. Wow. But clearly, That's God did not. Uh, yeah. Did not. I mean, uh, just to explain not. this to people, uh, when the when the crash happened in 2008, that was following the Demon Brothers, which was the world crash, and everyone was really afraid of losing all of their money, their assets, and 
honestly speaking, in those times, you just wanted something to come to you as a hope. You definitely didn't want someone to call you over the phone and say, when do you want to do your next yes. installment? This is like standing in front of a gun and waiting for the gun to shoot any second. So, Anthony, it took a lot of uh, courage and uh, stamina to do this uh, job. Uh, basically, you're calling people uh, to tell them the news that they don't want to uh, hear. Uh, and it used to take me a lot of time preparing for every uh, call. However, uh, I create a system for myself. So I saw that emails do not work, people do not respond. I started picking up the phone and calling uh, people and telling them that I understand your situation and this is uh, what the land department is saying and if you stop paying, the project is not going to be uh, completed and when you uh, have uh, half uh, an apartment and an unfinished product, uh, it means that you have zero, so you're yeah. actually losing whatever you've put already. And... Uh, uh, I took, uh, they, take, they gave me a part of a project and then after uh, two, three weeks, uh, the managing director comes in and he's like, uh, who's handling uh, this part of the project? And I said, uh, I am. He said, very, uh, uh, you've done a great job in uh, increasing collection in this uh, part. I, uh, do you think you can take uh, over more? So he took uh, work from other uh, team members and he gave it to me. And then within uh, two months, I was the head of the collection uh, department. So, so that's another challenge that you came in without any experience and you just exactly. got the crown of it. And because uh, my salary back then was uh, 12,000 dirhams. So I went back to the starting point. 12,000 dirhams would not even pay your uh, bills uh, back then. Uh, and then um, after, uh, after that, I became head of uh, collection uh, and I went to the managing director uh, and I told him I really need extra money. So if you guys are doing translations through an external uh, company and it's uh, not official documents, because they were all uh, English speakers, they were uh, mainly Australian. I said, I'm happy to do the translations for our uh, company uh, for an extra cost. So they gave me another 3,000 dirhams to do the translation. So I would finish my uh, job uh, at six, seven, uh, eight, and then I, will, uh, I would spend three hours doing uh, the translation every uh, month and try doing a translation of a power of attorney in, uh, from Arabic <laughs> to English. It was also a very difficult uh, job, but I needed the money. And in every step of the way, I would put in effort and I would not ask, if I do this, how much would you give me? And if I am uh, doing this, uh, what are they going to do for me? No, I made myself, I got to a point where I made myself indispensable for the organization that they were ready to pay me whatever I want just to continue doing what I'm doing. During times of crisis. During times of crisis. The hardest. They needed collection, I was there. They needed to make sure that the contracts are cancelled at the land department. I was at the land department. It was such a difficult job to do that at some point in time, I had a bodyguard walking with me from, the, uh, from my house to the office, from the office to the land department every day. People, there were a lot of big shots that have invested in our projects and they were very bitter. I will not pay, do whatever you want. I will tell Sheikh X, Sheikh what? 
I will bring the mafia of the mafia on you. You know, I was getting uh, death threats and I continued to do it because I believed that the land department said this, this is the law, I am doing uh, whatever it takes to make sure that these people uh, comply with the law. And everyone is under the law. Like, yeah, you know. to comply with the law. And I know the integrity of the people uh, in this uh, area. So if this is the law, they would all abide by the law. And we've seen that, how it was implemented on numerous matters in uh, the UAE. On the contrary, when they are, uh, when they are being asked for, a, uh, for someone to twist uh, the law, they would get uh, more defensive on the law. So uh, basically that was a snapshot. Again, 15,000 was not enough for me. I was, uh, uh, it, it barely allowed me to have uh, two noodle packs uh, a day. So my carb intake uh, shut the roof. <laughs> I was not in the best uh, shape ever, but yeah, I had to be very cost uh, conscious. And uh, that I, I spent in that uh, role which was head of collection uh, department uh, around uh, one year and a half. And uh, then something happened in uh, the office. So I'm just sitting down and I'm like typing away my threat emails. And uh, the office uh, girl comes in and she says, uh, our managing director needs your help. The police is here. And I was like, the police? <laughs> what? So apparently, when the police came to the showroom, uh, most of the senior managers uh, got scared uh, because back then we were hearing a lot of people going to jail, etc. But me knowing uh, that people in this country are quite fair, I know that if you've not done something wrong, you will not be wrongly uh, accused. So uh, I went into the uh, lobby of the showroom and there were uh, like uh, around 30 investors uh, standing there. There was the police and uh, there was a lady saying that our managing director had pushed her or had abused her or oh, whatever. Wow. And knowing this gentleman, it's like I had worked with him for four uh, years. I know that he would never do that. He's someone that has so much class in him and respect for women and he empowers women in the workplace that I knew that this would never have happened and uh, so they needed someone Arabic to uh, actually talk to the police so I spoke to the police and uh, they said you have to uh, come with us to the police station so we can uh, open a case about this and the managing director was like Zena you're not going anywhere so I went with him to the uh, police station and we clarified uh, the matters uh, and then uh, basically these investors were asking for what is what they are not rightful to ask for uh, which is their money back but the developer have sold you the units you decided to buy these uh, properties if the price had gone up would you have come back to the developer and told them, I'll share you, I'll share you, exactly. Yeah. So now because the prices have gone down, you're asking for your money, this is not fair. And that, that was really what I believed in, or else I wouldn't have been successful in my role. So uh, we finished at the police station at like 11 uh, p.m. And it was a Thursday uh, night. And then I received a uh, message, an email from our managing director saying, Zena, please come in on Saturday. We have, uh, you have a meeting. My first thought was like, 
I do all of this for you. I do translation. I do the collection and department. Lately, I've I been a lawyer this. going to and police I station. And I went, went to the police station when everybody else had just left you uh, alone in the lobby of the showroom. You also want me to come on Saturday? I said, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling well. I'm sick. He said, Zena, please, I want you to come to the office. I'm having a board meeting and it is about you. So Saturday, I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I get into the I get uh, into the office on uh, Saturday and they had prepared a beautiful gift and an even nicer uh, letter uh, thanking me for how I uh, reacted to what had uh, happened and for the efforts that I've uh, put in uh, so far they gave me a salary increment and uh, they said moving forward we authorize you to uh, organize settlements with people uh, any person that calls the showroom asking for the managing director if the call does not go through you and you approve that this person can talk to the managing director or meet them, uh, it will not be uh, allowed. We value you as an employee and uh, we want you to be happy, basically. So that was, that was where I proved that uh, I am someone that is reliable, I'm someone that really cares for the company and is passionate about what they're uh, doing. Uh, so I had found for myself a new uh, passion. Every time I would uh, collect a check, I'd feel uh, that I uh, just made a sale. Yeah. And this is what happened. And then we decided let's open up uh, Highmark uh, Real Estate. And uh, uh, there was a consensus from the sales uh, people uh, because I was head of collection. And uh, later on, my title was uh, head of client relations to make it uh, much nicer. Mm. You know, oh, I'll, client I'll relationship <laughs> manager. <laughs> exactly, because collection is bad news. So our client relation, and um, uh, so there were sales uh, people that were uh, independent. But whenever they needed advice for something, they would come to me. Zena, what do you think? Shall we do this? Or two people are fighting. They would come to my office and they would fight in my office, etc. And then when we decided to open up Highmark uh, Real Estate, there was a voting for the salespeople, they told them who of you, as in from the sales, who of you is able to handle a, uh, to and manage a real estate company. They all voted, we want Zena to be our general manager. And this is how I started Highmark from scratch. And this is how I got to where I am today. And Highmark is one of the biggest companies in, the, in Dubai. They have multiple projects exclusive like the, Versace, the Palazzo Versace, uh, you still have multiple areas. I know that you're running buildings, you manage a lot, you have lots of property management. How much, the, what was the number of the properties you're managing? We have a huge portfolio in uh, Sharjah actually in terms of uh, property management, uh, which is uh, part of the group. Uh, we have a couple of thousand uh, units under our property management. I don't, I would not say that we are the largest. Uh, however, uh, if you want the value of the properties that we uh, manage and uh, sell is actually uh, one of the largest because yeah. we don't deal with, uh, uh, I don't want to say, uh, um, I don't want to say cheap, but we don't, we don't deal with affordable uh, housing. We focus more High on... High caliber, 
on uh, high net worth individuals uh, buying an apartment that is uh, four or five million uh, plus. So you're just saying quality million. over quantity in a very nice yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and knowing Zena, Zena is a fashionista. Zena is a junkie when it comes to shopping, to jewelry, to everything glamorous and shiny. And that I think what made Zena jump to open a side business, which is book any service, yeah. where she found there's lots of issues uh, when it comes to, let's say, booking an appointment with a salon or just arranging even a car rental or whatever during the customer service. And uh, that's yeah. what made you jump to it. Uh, I, I uh, am into fashion, uh, especially when you are representing a fashion brand, you cannot but be at a certain uh, caliber, uh, especially when uh, you have uh, drop uh, quiz visits from uh, Donatella Versace, you have yeah. to make sure that you are uh, on point. Um, so yes, I do like fashion. However, I do not spend all my money on fashion. I spend very wisely. I spend uh, when there are 50%. sales. No, I spend when there are uh, sales. Uh, I don't care if I'm wearing, uh, if I'm the first person that is wearing that uh, item in the UAE. Uh, I buy what suits me and what I uh, like. Uh, at the beginning, it used to mean more to me because I used to feel that this is a sign of uh, success and that I am showing to people that I am successful. But now when you get more grounded and more mature, you know that... Uh, it's just an item. It's an item. Yeah. And uh, to, to be uh, fair, like an uh, easy analogy, the first car I bought in the UAE was the most expensive car I ever bought. After the BMW, I got a Hummer, which I bought for 50,000 dirhams. I had spent 300,000 dirhams on the BMW, but after the BMW, I felt like I don't have anything to prove to uh, people. I want a car where I can park it anywhere. I don't, it's, uh, you start looking more for comfort. Chanel is comfortable and Versace is comfortable, but to a certain extent, I'm not obsessed about it. I no. like to uh, look nice and professional, but I'm not overly obsessed uh, about it. As for uh, book any service, book any service, I saw a, uh, I saw a gap in the market. Uh, I founded book any service with the, my partner, Magdalena Gadzinska, and then we got investors on board. But uh, Magdalena and I started the company. Uh, in brief, it is a, a services booking uh, app. Uh, however, it's far more complicated than that. Uh, we, we've built a robust uh, engine that allows uh, end users, which is clients, to uh, find service providers instantly uh, by getting uh, exact prices, uh, availability, and with no need for human interaction. So it's all automated. You can cancel, you can reschedule, you can uh, buy a package, you can increase your prices, reduce your prices, you can uh, uh, submit a custom job, etc. Book any service at the moment focuses on home-related services, which is cleaning, plumbing, uh, AC service, etc. Yeah. And moving and uh, pets. So book any service, uh, yes, it was, a, uh, it was uh, my first real attempt of being an entrepreneur. Uh, because creating a, a real estate uh, company when you are in the real estate uh, industry is just a natural growth for uh, your career. However, book any service was me venturing into uh, tech. And it was an area that I knew nothing about. 
and I cannot say that I am but much better now. About everything else, you know, you didn't know anything <laughs> about real estate, exactly. but you had to learn. You didn't know anything about yes. legality, but you so, had to learn. Book any service uh, is uh, a company that uh, will uh, have a bright future. I just finished a really important meeting uh, this morning in land department and uh, I have very uh, high hopes for uh, book any service. We're all facing you, you know, we're going to achieve it no matter what. I hope so, I hope so. But in saying that, uh, failure is good for you. So if book any service for, God forbid, uh, failed today, that was the most valuable master's degree I can ever get. I learned how to uh, set up a tech company. I learned how to deal with the developers. I learned the challenges in the market, how to create a business plan, how to go for fundraising, how to uh, sell shares in the stock, how to uh, negotiate a, a partnership uh, agreement. I learned so much that even if I was to fail today, I would be fine with it. Because once you know how to do one business, you can do multiple businesses. I'll make sure it doesn't. Uh, Zaina, I want to come to the point like what we are living nowadays. Uh, Corona came out of nowhere. When we start hearing about it first, we didn't take it this serious. We were like, something's going to be like the bird flu or whatever it was. And suddenly it hit the world massively. No one was ready for it. And everyone started becoming an expert by saying mm. it will mm. die in somewhere. Some people were saying like it's uh, airborne. Everyone was talking. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure until date, they don't really know what this is about and how can they stop it. I'm getting to this point because I want to find out from you in this past quarter, three months, what have you learned from Corona? What was like the main lessons you learned from what we had to go through sitting at home? 24-7 with the kids, with the husband, like, talk to me about that experience that we've never thought about and it suddenly happened, the lockdown. So what did you learn from this? Um, I learned that the internet is extremely important and no one at this time or age uh, should uh, not have access to internet. I learned that uh, I enjoy uh, my uh, alone time. Uh, I learned that family comes first. Um, I learned uh, that uh, there's always a way to keep your uh, business afloat if you take uh, the, uh, if, you, if you take quick measures. So when when Corona started, everybody was saying, "Yeah, it's gonna go away, etc." But I straight away started making changes. I did not wait. For it because I sometimes feel that uh, uh, the market is driven by sentiment and if the people are that uh, negative it's not gonna go away uh, over time um, I learned that uh, your the, the people you surround yourself with uh, are are extremely important they affect your negativity your positivity what you're doing uh, about things so yeah, it's, it's mainly about uh, the people. Uh, Show me your friends us. and I tell you who you are. Mm. All right. Uh, just so like, I mean, it's been very 
pleasure being with you, sharing your knowledge, everything. I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure all of the audience will be loving it. For the final uh, question, or actually an advice, um, because this topic has been circulated a lot. You know, like my opinion about it gets me annoyed, and I'm sure you have the same, but for everyone nowadays losing their jobs, they are trying to reach people like in your position or multiple positions in real estate saying, I lost my job. I want to join real estate. How can I start? What is your thought on this? And what will be the advice you will give to these people? Uh, first of all, we need to understand that joining real estate cannot come out of desperation. Because when you are a, when you are a desperate individual, it will show and clients do not want to buy from desperate uh, individuals. Um, plus, it also uh, shadows your uh, vision. Um, is it the best time to enter real estate at the moment? No, because as I said earlier on, when we had 100 sales with 5,000 existing uh, salespeople, when you have 50 sales, there's no way that these 5,000 uh, people are not going to uh, suffer and their income is going to drop. So it doesn't mean that real estate, because it's a low entry job, which means people believe that anyone that has a, uh, that can uh, talk a certain language and uh, has a car and uh, uh, goes to the land department and does the broker uh, card is able to be in real estate. No, the, the, the entry level to the uh, industry is uh, relatively low. However, for you to perform, you have to be among the top 2-3%. And it is a fact. Be the, the, the success stories that you see being circulated are only the top 1-2% or 2 of the people that are on the ground. Because unfortunately, no real estate agent will, uh, will get on a podcast or on a live or a story and say, oh, I have been trying to sell a unit for six months and it's not uh, been good. You only hear about the success stories, but this is not the norm. These are the exception. So for people that are losing their jobs, I would advise them to, uh, first of all, try and find a fixed income job just to get through this uh, period. I advise them to uh, invest the money that they are going to invest in real estate for two, three months until they get trained to actually invest it in getting an extra diploma or to learn something new. Now you can learn digital marketing, which is something that is extremely important. Uh, you, you can learn uh, Photoshop, you can learn uh, photography. Uh, the, the future is for digital. So if you uh, invest this money into learning something new, probably you would open up an opportunity uh, for yourself. And I said it once and I say it again, no job is small enough if it pays the bills. And by paying the bills, I mean, first of all, reducing your bills. If you have a car and you are struggling and you lost your job, maybe it's time to sell the car. It's time to sell the uh, watch. It's time to sell your luxury items because now is a mode of survival. You are not the only one without a job. There's a huge company that just let go uh, 7,000 people. So you are competing with these 7,000 people. How are you going to stick out of the crowd if you have not learned something new, if you are all trying to do the same uh, thing? So 
you have to drop your expenses and be realistic about it. If you Accept want to stay, fact. if Accept you want to stay the in the country, unless you have a, a your home country can offer you something better, maybe it's time for you to move for a couple of uh, years and then come back when things are uh, better. But if you want to stay in the country, don't waste your time getting into an industry that is extremely volatile. And we all know that the real estate industry uh, suffers when the economy is suffering. They are correlated. And um, a lot of people might criticize me now. Okay, I understand. There are exceptions in every industry. So if someone is in investment uh, banking that lost their job, probably they might be uh, someone that could do well in the real estate industry. I am talking more about uh, uh, employees of a certain uh, caliber or in specific industries that are suffering like FMB, etc. But do not underestimate what it takes to be a real estate agent. You need to work 24-7. You need to be motivated. You need to be greedy and you need to be able to handle stress. Can you handle the stress of having one dirham till the end of the month? without sounding desperate in front of the client and continuing to get rejection every single day because you're supposed to come to the office at 9 a.m. Your first, uh, no, thank you, I'm not interested, is going to be at 9 a.m. And someone is going to hang up on your face. So are you ready to do that? Can you make 30, 40 uh, phone calls without letting them get to you? It takes a certain level of stamina and stubbornness to be a sales uh, person. And even when you are that, you still sometimes get disheartened when someone wants to cut you off uh, the deal. I've had it so many times where I offer the, the, the best service ever for the buyer or the seller and they still try to go around my back. And it used to take me probably two days to recover that how an unethical people uh, are. And then I'm like, no, these people exist and I need to find a way to actually make it happen. So now the, the, the level of uh, the, the, the time for digesting things like that is five, um, minutes maximum. Is five minutes. So it is not easy being a salesperson. And no, not every person that is a salesperson succeeds. There is a reason why a lot of people have talked about the 20-80 rule. 20% of the people in the office make up for 80% of the income that is generated by the rest of the people in the office. The 80% always wonder how the 20% are making the money, which follows all of the country. And every company, there's 20 and 80. So I think in Dubai, from the 8,000 agents we are having nowadays, 20% makes the money. From this 20%, there's 5% who are killing it, are making yes. millions per year. Yes. The remaining are making very good money and the remaining are just wondering how or just saying this person got lucky or this person did this. Just giving multiple excuses to cover their failures so they don't feel that they are losers themselves. That's the ugly reality. Thank you, And Zena. now it's an opportunity for them to blame it on the market. Oh, the market is not doing well. Anthony, thank you very, very much. This is the first time I go into details. This is the first time I have an opportunity uh, to actually say my story. I hope that we didn't bore them. Uh, I hope uh, that uh, at least one person benefits from uh, what I had to say. And thank you for giving me the space. For the first time, I, uh, I'm you not used to seeing yeah. your face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I'm, I'm not used to seeing you silent. 
So thank you yeah. for uh, being so professional and handling that. Uh, uh, giving for everyone listening to us, Zena is available on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn by Zena Al Khoury, and Zena hosts a show which is called Straight Property Talk every Monday at 9 p.m. So you feel free to watch all of these lives, and in case you miss the live. Zena will be posting it, saving it and posting it on her Instagram. Thank you all for watching and see you soon in a new episode.